Welcome to the Foundry Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Foundry Church or how to get involved, visit us at thefoundrychurch.com. On a particular day before we replanted this church, before uh, we became the Foundry, which, by the way, was four years ago, the end of this month. All right? Yeah, reason for celebration. All right, in that time, we've had uh, like 27 baptisms. We've commissioned out like eight. Fa- I'm getting off topic, but all kinds of good things. So it is a reason to celebrate. But before we replanted in September of 2018, uh, my dad and I, we were in the building and we were doing some work. And we wanted to work on the baptistry. And so we had to drain it. And so what you have to do is you have to, there's like a crawl space behind it. And of course, my dad's like, Andrew, go, you know. And so I opened the drain. I opened it up all the way to drain out all of this water. And, right, that made sense, right? Open it up as wide as you can go. But in this particular building, all the water from this baptistry goes downstairs to the kitchen, into the sink. And then it's drained out to the road, right, into the the city sewer system. I didn't know that. And so I opened that drain up, which is a big old drain, to go into the sink, which is a tiny little drain. Right? And I, I forgot all about it, and we were doing some work. And, and next thing you know, we go downstairs, and the basement, the kitchen, is underwater. Right? It is, it's flooded because that little pipe could not handle the overflow of this big pipe from up here. So all of the water in this huge baptistry was sitting in the kitchen, right? We had a mess on our hands. There was water everywhere, and it's not easy thing to dry up that much water. It did damage to things I didn't even know could be damaged by water. And so that day, that day before we replanted, I learned this lesson, how powerful overflow can be. Right? Does that make sense? How powerful an overflow of whatever can be. Right? One definition of overflow is this. Right? To fill a space to capacity and spread beyond its limits. Right? It's safe to say that the water from the Baptist tree spread way beyond its limits that day. Right? Right? The, the kitchen sink is not the size of the baptistry, right? It spread beyond its limits. So Foundry Church, now on the other hand of this, we would all love, right? Just let's zoom out here. We would all love to experience good overflow. Not bad overflow like, like a, a baptistry draining into a sink, right? right? We would like to experience good overflow. Let's think about it like this. We would love to say that we have more money than we know what to do with, Right? I'd like to say that, we, uh, that we have so much health and so much happiness uh, that it's more than we can even manage. I don't know if you can be healthy enough that you can't even manage it, but that we have so much free time that we just, we wish we had less, right? Right, nowadays everyone's like, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy, 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 no time to do whatever, right? We wish we had free time, right? But so often, it seems like the overflow in our lives is on the negative side of things, like draining the baptistry into the kitchen sink. Right? Too much stress is our overflow. 
Uh, too much debt, too much on the calendar, too many activities, and yes, right, too much baptistry water. At the same time, we may look around at each other or, or this world and we think everyone else has more than us. They have, they have more money, they have more stuff, more relationships, more, more purpose. It's not that we covet, it, it's just like, it just seems like everybody around us has more or doing better. And social media certainly doesn't help us make us uh, feel better about this, does it? Of course not, right? When, when we get online, it can seem like everyone else has an overflow of the good things while we're stuck dealing with the overflow of the not-so-good things, the stress, the, the, the calendar overflowing, just the chaos. Right? This, this perspective even transfers to our forging our life on God, to our relationship with God, to our spiritual lives, the same principle. Right? Wouldn't it be nice, Foundry Church, if we could say that we have an overflow of faith, an overflow of, of peace, uh, an overflow of God-given joy and love? Wouldn't that be nice? Right? Well, what if we could say, I'm worried that I might be praying and reading my Bible too much, or, or think that I'm, I'm being too present with God, that I'm, I'm forging my life on God too much? Now, instead, we feel the exact opposite, don't we? Right? we? We feel an overflow of guilt when it comes to our spiritual lives. Uh, we may even feel an overflow of, of fear and of impatience, of inadequacy. It seems like other uh, people in the church or in uh, the, 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 the Christian community that we live in has an overflow of faith. Well, we feel like we're just lacking in our forging a lifelong reliance on God in our, in our spiritual lives, in our spiritual disciplines. Now, Foundry Church, let's look at it like this. Right, sometimes God, right, Jesus, God in the flesh, God the Son, and church can feel like just another pressure in life. Right, be honest. I, I'm, a, I, I'm a professional Christian, and I feel like this sometimes. Right? 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 We feel the pressure to read the Bible, to pray, to get involved, uh, to be the best spouse, to, to serve. We feel the pressure to give financially what you should do, <laughs> to discipline our kids, to worship, forgive, be kind, to, to get into community, to join these Bible studies, to, to fast. To, what even is that, right? We feel the pressure. We've got to learn to study that. Like what, we, gotta, we feel the pressure to invite others to church, to talk about our faith, to evangelize. I mean, we could go on. And on, and that leaves us feeling not just pressure, but also maybe we feel like a failure. <laughs> right? And as hard as we try, it's just like we cannot measure up right? to whatever level we think we're supposed to measure up to. Now, sometimes it feels like we're, we're way better off at being bad than we're at, at being good. Right? We, we just can't get right. I used to coach football, and I wouldn't say this to the kids, but in the coaches' meetings, there was always a couple kids that were just like, they just can't get right. right? And sometimes we feel like that. We just can't get right, right. It's like there's a weak side of us that overflows the strong side of us. And just be honest. Think about that, right? Because that's a huge tension, isn't it? 
That there's this, this weak side of us that just keeps overtaking the strong side of us. That's a big tension that we need to deal with. And for, so for those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, we're forging our life on him. Sometimes it doesn't seem like we're doing any better than the people who don't even know Jesus. And that's a hard pill to swallow. We don't feel any more loving than the rest of the world. We don't feel any more kind. We don't feel any more forgiving. We all have days when we think about all that it takes to forge our life on God and what it takes to forge our life on Jesus, and we wonder this, why is it so stinking difficult? Why is it just so difficult? Why do we have to struggle so hard to make this thing work? Now, Hear me out, right? Just, is it possible, Foundry Church, is it possible uh, that we make it more difficult than we should? Right? Is it, is it possible that we make it more difficult than we should? Because the truth is, is that following Jesus, forging our life on him, was never intended to burden uh, us. It was never intended to be the burden that many of us make it out to be. And while we all battle with an overflow of pressures and failures and shortcomings, right, there is a different type of overflow that we can tap into. Right, that we can, we can tap into like a college kid at a kegger. Right? <laughs> so let's peel this onion and see what we can learn. All right, how do we tap into this? In the New Testament, there are a lot of letters written by the Apostle Paul. And one of the, the letters that we're going to look at throughout this series that we're kicking off today is the letter of Galatians. So go ahead and turn there, and I'm going to give you some context as you're turning there. All right, in the New Testament, uh, this is one of the, the Pauline letters. Right? Paul, the author of this letter, was one of the most prominent, important early followers of Jesus. He was a rock star. He traveled around the known world telling people about Jesus and starting churches. He, he wrote letters to these churches, and one of those letters is called Galatians, which was addressed to churches in the region of Galatia. The region of Galatia was modern-day Turkey today, right? That's where, where this church was. And so we have some context. A group of people in this region were, were critical of Paul because he focused on the freedom found in Christ. They didn't like that. <laughs> Crazy to think, right? But that's what, they, they were critical of Paul because he focused on the freedom found in Christ. They were mad at him, right? These people claimed to be followers of Jesus, forging their life on him, but they taught that Christians also needed to follow the Jewish law in order to be Christians. Right? That's what they taught. Right? A few big issues. Right? Especially if you came to Christ later in life, a few big issues like circumcision. Right? Right? They, they wanted you to become Jewish first, and then you can become a follower of Jesus. Right? But that's not what Scripture says. The Scripture says right, the gospel, Jesus, is for everyone. Right? Christ didn't die just for the Jew. He also died for the Gentile. And so Paul's saying, addressing this, he's saying, no, this isn't right. You don't have to become Jewish first. You just come to Christ, right? They were, they were teaching that Jesus' salvation needed to be supplemented by obeying the Jewish laws, right? 
So Paul was adamant that Jesus' sacrifice alone, his sacrifice on the cross, what we just celebrated through communion alone, is sufficient for salvation, for ultimate freedom. Right? Paul addressed this conflict throughout his letter. And part of his explanation includes this. So if you have your Bibles, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. simply says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then he says, against such things, there is no law. All right, keep, keep that open. We're going to refer back to that. Right? In the farming world in which Paul's living in this modern-day Turkey area of Galatia, right, fruit was the perfect illustration. Right? People saw fruit production all the time, and they knew uh, that it, it was the byproduct of other factors. Right? In order to have this fruit, it's the byproduct of, of many other things. Right? They, they knew this. Fruit does not make itself. Right? Uh, we're on the same page. Fruit does not make itself. It is the result. It is the overflow of environmental influences. It's the overflow of the weather that is around us. Right? And here, Paul was basically pointing out that fruit that flows naturally from being led by the Holy Spirit of God, right, from truly forging our life on him, is a good thing. But, but, but listen, Foundry, right? I, I want us all to get on the same page. I just want you to lean in here and, and get this. Right? If, if we are honest, just like those early Christians, we too can focus on our behavior, right? On the things that we have to do. Right? They, they, they said uh, you have to become Jewish first, right? But, but we might look back at our last week and think, man... That wasn't a very loving thing I said to my spouse. I'm a jerk. Or we might look back at our last week and think, man, I haven't shown much kindness to my kids or my parents. Or, I'm, a, I'm a punk. Or I, I didn't have much self-control when it came to what I ate or to what I drank or to what I watched on TV this weekend. And so we think I need to, I need to double down. I need to do more. I just need to try harder. But what I love about this verse is what is what it doesn't say, right? Because it doesn't say this, but the behavior of the Christian is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, right? It doesn't say that. It says, but it doesn't say, but the behavior of the Christian is love, joy, peace, patience, and so on, right? It doesn't say that. Nope, not, that's not what it says. There's freedom here, right? That is, is the way we often interpret this verse when it comes into our minds, when we read it. But that's not what it says, right? Paul says that the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit of God, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It is the overflow of God in our lives, right? It's not our behavior. It's the overflow of God in our lives, of our forging our life on him. It is the excess that naturally results from being close to Jesus, from forging our life on him. Yes, sure, there are certain behaviors and certain characteristics that God loves to see from us. He doesn't want you to be a jerk, right? 
But we don't have to produce these things in ourselves. God produces them. He produces them. Right? On our own, it is near impossible to make ourselves behave better. Right? I'm really good at making myself do better, behave better for like an hour and a half. Right? I'm going to be more loving than I see Christine. No, I'm kidding. All right? I'm going to be more patient. All right? And Barton's barking to go outside. All right? Or, or someone cuts me off on the road. I'm going to have more self-control than I pass Taco Bell, right? <laughs> right? It doesn't work, right? But what, but what we can't do on our own, the Spirit of God can do in us and through us. Right here, right? And this fruit is so much better than what the world has to offer. It really is. And what is cool is, is this passage also reveals the characteristics of God, the God that we're forging our life on. Uh, why are these behaviors the overflow of being close to God? Because this is what God is like. Right? God, God is loving. Right? God is joyful. God is peaceful. God is faithful. God is gentle. God, the God we're forging our life on, is kind. He's patient. Right? That's our God, right? And so when the Spirit of God overflows in our lives, we reflect God more, right? We're, we're more of his image bearers. Right? We're more of his sons. We're more of his, his daughters. We become more like him, right? The, the famous quote, right? Tell everyone about God, and if necessary, use words. St. Francis Assisi, my version, I paraphrased him. That is possible because of our closeness to God. (laughs) Because of of our overflow and the fruit it produces. Because that is who he is. More of him comes out of us the closer we are to him. And according to Paul, there is no law against these things, as it says at the end of verse 23 there. Right, so, so look, right? Why would you need to burden and, pressure, and the pressure of the law if you were simply a walking overflow of God's goodness? Right, why would we try to have to do things and, and check off things if we're just a walking overflow of God's goodness? Because look, right? At that point, it's not a law thing. It's an overflow thing. It's not about doing or accomplishing or being perfect. It's just being connected to God and living in that overflow, taking our hand off the top of the cup and letting him fill it. This is similar to what Jesus said to his followers in the book of John. Flip over uh, or forward back to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, if you can real quick. If not, I'll read it here for you. John chapter 15, verse 5, is great. It simply says this, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do, what does it say? Nothing. Nothing. Right? Again, vine and branches, man, they were common in that area. I think I haven't been to first century Israel but if, or Turkey, but if I'm walking around, I'm thinking there's like fruit everywhere, like just eating fruit, right? 
They're everywhere. People knew what they were talking about here. Grapevines were a big part of the world they lived in. So this illustration was very clear. Jesus referred to himself as the vine. And, and for us, the branches, right? The vine is what? The source of life. It's the source of life. Listen, right, lean in here. I, I want you to get this. Like, look up here at me. Right? As branches, us, right? The vine is the source of life, like we said. It is where the branch, us, gets what it needs to survive and thrive. You want to thrive, not just survive. Right? You want to make a difference in your world. You, you want to make a difference in your family, in, in your household, in your community. You, you want to get your head above the water. You want to escape that whirlwind, that, just that junk, the chaos of life. You need to be attached to the vine. <laughs> and, it, and again, it's not a promise that all that stuff's going to disappear and you're just going to be floating around like with no job and living on the beach or like, you know. But the creator of all is going to be attached to you, living out, right? The spirit of God. Oh, man. Right, this is not just like a health and a wealth thing. A lot of times that's what we make this as the, you know, the global church. We're, we're talking deep here, though, not just that surface crap. Right? We're talking grace and we're talking truth. We're talking grace and truth. This fruit and purpose, abundant life, life to the full, life as it was created to be. Like it was in the Garden of Eden walking with God. Fully known by him. Coming off of us. Because we're the branch and we're connected to the vine. Now many of us, I don't think many of us here in Northern Virginia come from a farming background, <laughs> farming town. Right? So, so let's illustrate this whole thing another way. Right? Let, me, let me just zoom out and let's illustrate this another way. Every, every television, right? we can all... Yeah, we watch TV, right? Every television needs to be connected to a power source in order to function, right? It just does, right? Once a connection is made, that, that power source, the options uh, on how to watch TV are endless, right? Once you plug that thing in, you can satellite. I don't know, really know how that works. I mean, space, it confuses me. <laughs> Cable, right? Comes in your house. You got smart TV, so you're, you're streaming, right? You can watch a billion things, right? Uh, you got to have all the streaming services, though, right? But you can watch a billion things, right? But even though a TV can function in so many ways, it first needs to be connected to what? The source of power. It needs to be plugged in, right? and then it has to be, be turned on, doesn't it? Now, now, look at this, right? In the same way, when we are connected to the power source, God, Right? We're on the same page there. Right? Who is the vine? We can turn on the fruit. And at that point, the options are endless for us. More love? Yes. Right? More joy? Absolutely. Right? More peace? Now it's an option. It's available. 
we just, it's next to Netflix, right? It's absolutely there, right? More, more self-control, tapping into that. I need it, right? right? If we remain plugged in and turned on, we can bear much fruit. But foundry, is it our job to produce the fruit? No. And there's freedom there. There's freedom there, right? Our job as forging our life on God, as followers of Christ, as Christians, right? Our job is to stay connected to our creator, right? Forged on the creator, to, to be plugged in to the creator. And as a result, good things, good things will naturally flow from us. Because, because look, right? When you stay connected to God, you overflow with good. That's the whole point of today. When we stay connected to God, we overflow with good. Listen, it's not you. I know you're tough, right? I know we're, you know, type A, go get them, achieve our goals. We're, We're all there, right? But it's not you. It's not your striving. It's not your effort. It's not your intentions. It's not your obligation. It's not the law, like Paul's talking about, bearing down on us, right? It's not some, you know, Jewish regulations. It's not some American law. It's nothing that's forcing us to do it, right? It's simply the output of your proximity to the Spirit of God. And that's what Paul's saying through this this letter of Galatians. It's God. It's him working in you and through you, that you're able to do anything, let alone survive, but also thrive. It's, it's connected to him. All right, so for the next few weeks, we're, we're going to take a closer look at this fruit. Love and joy and, and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and, and self-control. But just for the sake of today... I would like to encourage you to make one simple choice, right? And that's this. Trade your striving for abiding, all right? Trade your striving for abiding in Christ. That's what it comes down to. That's what Paul's saying here, right? If if you and I could produce good in ourselves, we wouldn't need the Spirit of God working in us. There is a reason why these good things are an overflow of the Spirit, not an overflow of our best laid plans, right? Good intentions and best effort and striving, it's, it's not about that. It's about abiding in Christ. It's about forging our life on him. Right? We all do our best to, to cover and to hide our bad and commit to do, good, to do more good, right? We, we all try to do that, but maybe we need to redirect our effort and kind of focus, right? Because when, the way I like to describe this in my own life is I have a tendency to be a shotgun, right? Now everyone's looking at me weird, right? right? I have a tendency to be like, why? A shotgun, if you don't know, is a hunting rifle, hunting gun that shoots little pellets in a wide pattern, right? I have a tendency to do that. I think I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do I got to be all these pellets. I got to throw my wide net, right? But, but God is saying, be a rifle. Be that bullet, 
Be, be very direct and, and focused and purposeful, right? A, a rifle shoots just one, right? It, it's the difference between a casting net if you're fishing and, and like a singular fishing pole, right? I'm using the fishing pole, not the casting net. Does that, are we, right? We got to be focused, right? Jesus put, put it in five simple words back when we read John chapter 15. He says, if you remain in me. That's the focus. That's the one thing. If we remain in him, he is the focus. We are invited to put our focus to be that bullet, right, on the spirit instead of the fruit. Our job is just to stay connected to the vine. So, so here are some thoughts to get you started this week. It's, it's, it's simple, right? Uh, trade your striving for inviting. And to get started in, in processing this as individuals and as families, as the, as the band comes back up here, instead of focusing on your negative qualities and shaming yourself, focus on these powerful attributes of God. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Focus on those. Commit Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 and 23 to memory this week. Memorize those those attributes, those nine things, nine words. All right, just, just get them in. Kind of put them in the crock pot of your soul for a while. Right? At least so we can identify them. All right, that's, that's the first step in trading our striving for abiding. Right, look, look at this list. Right, the overflow of being near to God is those th- are those things. So start putting them in your heart. At least identifying them in, in your soul. I think we can all agree that this is the kind of overflow we would all be pumped to have. Not more stress, not more things on the calendar, not more good things, but distract us from great things, because these are the great things. This is how we are connected to the source of all power. All right, so do that. Get them in there, get them in the soul. All right, then instead of striving to do better, Instead of striving to accomplish more, invite God to change and to transform you. That's what it's about, isn't it? Becoming more like him, forging our life, everything that we have from top to bottom on him. Think about it, right? Have you ever invited the spirit of God to just overflow in your life? Just a wreckia. That's my prayer every Sunday. Lord, don't let us leave here the same. Wreck us. If someone comes through these doors, Lord, if they even drive by on the street, ruin them. Ruin them. For you and your kingdom. Turn their life upside down. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Our world doesn't know those. God knows those. He's the creator of them. Ask him, as you begin to to trade your striving for abiding, ask him to take over you. It is possible that you and I have made too much of our faith, that we've made it too difficult. So maybe it's time to make a trade. (laughs) Not to put our own regulations on it, but just to abide in him. 
Imagine if you and I could produce the fruit that Paul talked about. Imagine what our world would look like. Imagine the number of our friends and our family who would come to know Christ. Man, if we, if, if we as the branches connected ourselves to the branch, just us in this room right here today, this little few of us, imagine the number of people who'd be giving their life to Christ would be baptized into his death and raised to new life. Just us. Just a few of us right here. Imagine what it would do to this, this community, the neighbors that we would reach and how we would transform our culture. Imagine just the families that would be reached. Imagine just uh, the, the next generation that would be set loose upon this world because just a few of us right here uh, as branches are, are, are going to be connected to the vine. Now imagine if it wasn't something that we had to make happen on our own. Right? We didn't have to do it. Like Andrew doesn't have to do it. Tyler doesn't have to do it. Kalisa doesn't have to do it. Right? Sophia doesn't have to do it. But God does it through us. He's the power. So what if we invited the most powerful one in the entire universe to do it for us, in us, and through us? Listen, Founder. Do not underestimate the power of what we're talking about. The overflow of the Most High God, the creator of the universe, the creator of us, his power is available to us. The power of the Spirit of God is accessible to us, broken us, weak us, inconsistent human us. How awesome is that? When you stay connected to God, you overflow with good and you transform this world. Not because of you, not because of what you do, but because He's good. So let's continue worship him to give him honor to give him glory to invite the spirit to continue because he's already here to continue to move in a mighty and powerful way to continue to wreck us and to make us uncomfortable so that we can be more loving we can be more joy-filled and and peace-filled and compassionate and forgiving and have more self-control and gentleness and faithfulness all these things the world won't even recognize but need so badly. Let's stand and let's worship him.